Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness. That was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. And welcome to the Fantasy Flex Podcast. I am your host, Chris Raybon, joined by my guy, Sean Kerner. And today we're going to talk all about week four props. The podcast is presented by Prize Picks. Sean, how you doing? Real good. So I think uh, week one, I went five and oh, right? And then week two, I went one and four. Last week, I think I went three and two. Uh, or maybe four and two, because I think I also said I wanted Justin Fields under 44 and a half rushing yards. But um, yep, I, I think we're in the right direction here. So looking forward to uh, week four. How about you? Yeah, I, I think we both went four and one on the official five. Uh, oh, by my oh. Count. but I mean, that was just me doing my math in my head as I well, like, all I know is I got the Justin week. Fields one completely wrong. So maybe I gave myself two losses for that. It deserves about five. That, that <laughs> yeah. was me. Like I, I just felt like I had that whole game capped wrong. But uh, yeah. yeah, let's hope uh, let's hope that doesn't happen again. Maybe maybe just not bet on rookie quarterbacks anytime soon again. I mean, it just seems disastrous in all these yeah. different ways. So <laughs> uh, it's not just an Urban Meyer thing. So you know, it's the best thing I can say about uh, Urban Meyer. But so let's get right into. <laughs> we're gonna do one quarterback prop, uh, two running back props, and two receiving props. Uh, the lines are provided by prize picks. Uh, Sean, start us off. So I was going to go with Matt Ryan under 273 and a half passing yards here. I love that prop. And then I realized, wait, Tom Brady is playing at New England this week. I already said that I would bet the over no matter what. Uh, it is now down to 314 and a half. So I'm going over 314 and a half passing yards for Tom Brady. Um, this is just one of those situations. I said Kobe's final game. Um, Justin Jefferson week 17 last year when he needed 111 receiving yards to break the rookie record. Um, there's just certain props where just, I'm going to bet the over no matter what uh, it sounds like a donkey thing, but when it comes to things like this, um, and a guy like Tom Brady, I think he really wants to go off here at new England on Senate football. He's also 68 yards away from passing up drew Brees all time in passing yards. So, you know, I, <laughs> I think realistically, I would project this closer to 350. 
Um, so I'd probably pick this up to like 335 and a half. We'll see how high this goes, but I think 314 is way too low. I mean, this is my favorite, I think, pod of the week because I have already done like two other pods with you. I've also done our betting pod uh, on the Action Network uh, feed with Stucky. And so by the time I come here, I have like a lot more, you know, very strong takes on different things. And this Patriots Bucks game has been still the one game that I struggle to kind of handicap. And it's funny though, because earlier in the week, I talked to you first and then you were like, this is just a Tom Brady smash spot. Uh, he's going to, he's going to go crazy against his former team. Then I get on with Stucky and we do the, the action network NFL pod and he picks the Patriots as his money line underdog for week four. And he's like, Belichick is going to contain Brady. He's going to know exactly how to defend him. So now I'm back at square one with this game, which is I still have no like strong lean either way. So, But it's just interesting to me that there, there seems to be a lot of disagreement in the market because, like you said, I thought, it op- I thought 325 was ridiculously high uh, for it to open. But then it dropped 10 yards, and now you're taking the over here. So, I mean, I don't know, like – Cause like my, I guess my concern is that I think the bucks are just a better team and they're, I don't agree with Stucky that they're going to win the game necessarily, but I do worry about the game script because of that. But I guess Brady, he's not scrambling. So he could still throw for three thirty and like a positive game script. Yeah. And um, you know, we talked earlier in the week, we weren't sure if Antonio Brown was going to be able to return from the COVID list. Mm-hmm. Um, he is. So when you have Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, sounds like Gronk's going to play another revenge game spot for him too. Um, I, I just don't know how Belichick's going to be able to stop him. So th- this is, you know, it's a tougher matchup for Brady. I'm not denying that, but just there's certain situations like this where I think the psychology of just like an athlete of Brady's caliber, he wants to prove a point this game. I think obviously he wants to win this game, but you know, does he want to come out with 250 passing yards and a close win? No, I think a guy like Brady wants to just destroy <laughs> the Patriots. and. I, I've been saying he's going to have like, or I didn't say he was going to have, but I just have deja vu about 2013 Peyton Manning. You know, this is the second year in this system. It, he was playing with a torn MCL for most of last year or something like just the sky's limit for Brady this year. We've already seen that happen. So I don't know why he's going to all of a sudden slow down heading back to Foxborough. I just think this is, I'm not overthinking this is what I'm getting at. And I'm just taking the over here. So how many yards was is the, Belichick snub of an in-person meeting to, to discuss Tom Brady's leaving the Patriots. Cause I don't know if you read the article on ESPN, but uh, there's a book coming out and you know, one of the, just, a lot of inside information about the Patriots and Brady and Belichick. And one of the things was that Brady wanted to kind of say goodbye to bill in person and bill like refused. and was like, he's too busy and like they should do it on the phone. So how many yards do you think that's worth? That, that's what I'm saying. Uh, probably a hundred. <laughs> you don't. I'll drive. We're, we're, we're not talking. We're not talking about a normal, uh, just a normal athlete already would get motivated. We're talking about oh. the greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady. Like you don't think that he like would love to throw for 500 yards here? You're out of your mind if you don't think that. So can't be high enough for me to be interested in the under. It just isn't. Just like Kobe Bryant's points uh, prop for that final game was like 42 and a half. I just max bet the over on that wherever I could. Justin Jefferson last year. I, I'm putting yeah. it in that category of just like, it doesn't matter what the line is. Like I'm Any juice. Over. Any juice. <laughs> any juice. Any juice. Any number. Okay. Um, okay. Like you said, those, those other markets where you can bet over 400 yards or things like that, just I, I want it all right now. 
Okay. I, I, okay. I, it's just interesting. I really didn't have a take on this game that was that strong. So it's just fascinating to me to hear these different ones. And, you know, the more I think about it, Brady's definitely wants to have a good game. I'm sure even Gronk does. So you're going Tom Brady over 314 and a half passing yards for your quarterback prop. I am going Kyra Murray. Last week I went over this week. I'm going under on his rushing yards. And uh, the line is 37 and a half at prize picks. First of all, forget the matchup this season. He's just not running as much. And we've kind of talked about it here and there. When do we expect him to run more? Maybe he's not. Uh, So he has five carries for 20 yards. In week one, five for 31. In week two, seven for 19. In week three. So he hasn't gone over this prop yet this season. But the real reason I like it is not only that, it's the matchup. Remember what the Rams do. They, they Even though Staley's now with the Chargers, they run that Brandon Staley-type defense. They're going to play a lot of zone coverage, which means you're having your eyes on the quarterback. And they play a lot of quarters coverage, which means you have the two safeties deep and the two corners dropping deep. So you, you're, you're protecting. You always got guys kind of looking at, at, at the quarterback um, and kind of keeping him in, in, in check. And you play a lot of cover, too, as well. So I don't see Murray going over this number because he hasn't against the Rams yet. 28 yards, zero yards, 15 yards, three yards. Those are his four games against the Rams in his career. Uh, and remember... Sean McVay has had a ton of success against uh, Cliff Kingsbury. The Cardinals haven't won yet. And one of the things that they've done is contain this run game. So, you know, I think they play more cover two actually in this spot, you know, to keep some of the, you know, keep some of the the D-backs even closer to the line of scrimmage. Um, But that's their scheme. It's cover two, it's cover four, quarter zone. uh, And it's just not easy to run against that as it is against the man coverage team where the, the, you know, the DBs are going to turn around. So I I think they're going to keep Kyra in the pocket and he's going to beat him a couple times probably from the pocket. Last last week I had over on his passing yards. This week going under on his rushing yards, 37 and a half. Yeah, I like it. I, I'm projecting him at 30 rushing yards. So I'd probably set this prop closer, like 28 and a half. Yeah. So it seems like there's some value here. You've always done great work on scrambling rates, things like that. So I trust you here. Are, are you worried at all that Andy Dalton, Carson Wentz, and Tom Brady went over the rushing prop against the Rams? No, because that's how the Rams play defense. They want <laughs> yeah, those guys. They want those, those guys, guys to go. Like that's, yeah, when exactly. that's when they're that's when they're going to play their quarters coverage and and go yeah. straight up. You know, take the receivers away. This one, I expect them to show some. You know, they'll still play their quarters on you know third down, but it's just those two deep safeties um, over the top. But that coverage in general, because you're playing zone, you have guys looking at the quarterback. So they could be a cover three team, and it would still be. It's like if they're just playing a ton of zone, you know, regardless of where the safeties are. Um, it's going to be tough, but in this scenario, they, there happen to be a cover two, cover four team. Uh, I think it, it's been working against, uh, against Kyra. So why? And he hasn't gone over even period. In, yeah. Like, so he's a high line. Yeah. That, that's what I was going to say. He hasn't gone over and you know, he's had some two amazing scrambling plays where he ended up yep. throwing to Rondale Moore. So yeah, he he's more content, you know, just throwing it as opposed to just taking it run. So yeah, I can get behind this as well. Um, again, projecting at 30. So I'm, I'm in line with you here. Yeah, I have it at 32. So, uh, yeah, I would take it down to about 28 and a half. Um, it's, I, I love the prop everywhere. Um, it's one of my favorite of the week. Uh, all right, let's go to running backs. Who's your first running back prop for week four? Uh, I'm going with Aaron Jones over 65 and a half rushing yards. Um, I think the Steelers, they desperately need TJ Watt to return this week. Their, their defense just hasn't looked as dominant this year. And, um, you know, uh, so I'm not worried about this matchup when it comes to Aaron Jones. He's typically matchup proof. 
We just need him to get carries and he'll typically break a couple big runs. So I think this, this line's a little bit too low considering, you know, the Packers are home favorites by about a touchdown. Now um, this should be a run heavy game script. Um, he's seen a pretty healthy uh, carry share the past couple games. It's a 70% carry share among running backs. I, you know, I threw away the week one game, um, the blowout against the saints. We can't really include that in the sample. So I think, um, you know, I'm projecting him for around 16, 17 carries here, which uh, a running back, uh, the caliber of Aaron Jones, that's probably worth a prop closer to like 75 and a half yards is where I would set this. So I think we're getting about 10 yards of value here. I actually, this is one where we actually are on opposite sides. I have him right around 60 yards. So I'm a little bit under here. I am just absolutely scared of every Packer situation. Oh, really? Yeah, because I won't get into it because this is not a betting podcast, but Mike Tomlin <laughs> as an underdog. Oh, right. Yeah. Coming off a loss. The numbers are ridiculous and over like, and he's been in the league now. What? It's like over 10, over a decade. They're just ridiculous. So I'm, I'm very scared of a letdown spot. So I have him projected a little bit conservatively. I have him at 15 carries for 60 yards, which, you know, he's still my running back eight in fantasy. So it's not like there's not a scenario where I see him going over this, but I'm a little scared of the Packers this week. It's just, you know, it's one of those spots for me where uh, I've seen this movie too many times. <laughs> I agree. You don't want to bet against Tallman as an right. underdog, but like you typically don't want to bet against Aaron Jones either. So we can kind of both be right in the situation. But um, like I said, just, just based on my model, I am seeing him get, you know, 16 to 17 carries. So um, th- this prop just seems a little bit too low. All right. Uh, for me, I'm going with Saquon Barkley under 60 and a half rushing yards. New Orleans has allowed 145 yards on 57 carries to running backs. That is 2.5 yards per carry. If you look back at their rushing defense DVOA over the last couple of years, always near the top of the league. And it's just going to be tough for Saquon. He's healthy now. He's playing a ton of snaps, and it still hasn't looked great. So um, the Saints, they're not even giving up 60 yards per game total to all running backs. So even if Saquon were to play like 100% of snaps, Giants offense, uh, Bredesen, the, another lineman went down. They're just losing linemen left and right. Like this line is not very good. So another game where I'm kind of scared to totally bet it. Like I don't want to bet against the Giants here, but I'm more comfortable doing it because I I do think this is kind of a trap game for the Saints. But Barkley, week one, obviously, you know, just 10 for 26, but I'll throw that out. He only played 48% of the snaps. But 84% of the snaps in week two, 57 yards. 86% of the snaps in week three, 51 yards. Now we're giving him 60 and a half against a defense averaging 2.5. This is a smash prop under Saquon. Yeah, I mean, I'm not giving him 16 and a half. I'm closer to 55. And yeah, you you made a lot of good points. I was very bullish on him last week. He ended up being my RB5, um, especially after they uh, declared Devontae Booker inactive. For me, that was just a sign that, you know, he's close to 100%. He can handle the full workload. Um, So this week, I'll I'll be interested to see if they they make Booker active and maybe start to limit his workload a little bit because uh, Barkley was limited in practice so far this week. Um, so, you know, they are going to have to manage his reps a bit. And against the Saints, yeah, like you said, this is a brutal matchup. So, I mean, even if he gets every snap here, I don't think he can go over. So this is pretty easy under for me as well. Saquon Barkley is limited in theory and in practice. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, just, well, just putting that out there. <laughs> right. I mean, it would not surprise us <laughs> if he breaks off an 80-yard touchdown at some point, but yeah. maybe not against the Saints. Uh, who you got for your second running back prop? Well, this one, I, I like this one to correlate with my 
Tom Brady over <laughs> infinity passing there yards. There you go. And that's Leonard Fournette under 43 and a half rushing yards. To no surprise to anybody, the Bucks have led the league in early down pass rate this year. Um, so I expect that to continue this week. And, you know, a guy like Fournette where he's technically in a running back committee with Ronald Jones, you know, that, that means he has a little bit lower floor. And, uh, you know, Ronald Jones outtouched him in terms of carries last week. And you, that, that's a, this is a situation that could be pretty fluid. So it's it's really hard to peg. But Fournette's floor is much, much lower. I would set this closer to 35 and a half, especially considering how much I think Brady's going to throw here. So I could see them, you know, working Fournette more in the passing game. It's We're still unsure if Gio Bernard's going to be able to suit up. Um, so they, they may want to use Fournette more in the passing game and have Ronald Jones eat into his carry share here. So I think this is a pretty easy under for me here, under 43 and a half rushing yards. Knowing Bruce Arians, he probably just like call up Keyshawn Vaughn and not even still not use Ronald Jones, but uh, <laughs> probably, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, for, I mean, that, this is high for Fournette given what we've seen out of the Bucks run game this year. It's, it's been pretty much non-existent. I do expect new England to play two safeties deep and kind of dare him to run the ball. But yeah. like you said, there's three backs that are going to mix in and then Fournette still has to get, you know, his 10, 11 carries and be pretty efficient, most likely yep. to hit this number. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you on that one. Uh, for me, I'm going uh, Zeke Elliott, under 63 and a half uh, rushing yards. And this is more of an efficiency play. Um, we have seen Zeke's carry share come down, you know, even in positive game script games. Like, you know, the team's carries obviously went up, but like Tony Pollard's mixing in more and more. Pollard got the goal line carry. So, you know, non-quarterback rush attempts, Zeke had 79% in week one. 52% in week two, 53% in week three. So he's averaging 14.7 carries on the year. It's about where I have him projected. Uh, and I have him a, a good 10 yards or so short of this number uh, for the median. So, uh, and that's because not only is there some uncertainty with, you know, the floor for his carries and snaps, you know, with Pollard playing better and better, but the Carolina Panthers get this. And I know it's been against some weak opponents, but in three games, They've allowed only 94 rushing yards to running backs total on 43 <laughs> carries. So, I mean, 43 for 94. This is a situation where Dallas may say, you know, this, this, this front is playing well. We need to throw it. So that's why I'm a little concerned about like Zeke's carry share because Panthers allowing 2.2 yards per carry to backs. You know, the Cowboys could have a positive game script, but mm -hmm. because it's a positive game script and they're throwing, by the time they get around to running, it could be more of the same with Zeke and Pollard, like kind of almost 50-50, which is what we, for example, saw against the Eagles, even though, you know, they had a lot of carries, so it worked out for Zeke in the, that game. But against this front, I'm just betting on an efficiency reduction, and I'm selling on the carry share for Zeke here. So uh, going under 63 well, and a half. I, I love this because it sounds like we disagree. Not disagree, but um, we're on opposite sides for two rushing props. Um, considering you like the under, I'll just probably avoid this prop altogether, but, um, I, I I'm projecting at 67 yards and mm -hmm. similar to what I said last week, I, I just think the Cowboys are going to be a little bit more run heavy without Michael Gallup. And, you know, Amari Cooper was banged up last week. We'll see if he's hundred percent here, but, um, I, I guess it depends on what you think about the Cowboys versus Panthers here, but I do like them. Uh, to win this game and yeah I do. the past I do couple like the past couple of weeks when they've you know they're, they're on a two-game win streak they had the second lowest early down pass rate which is kind of weird to see with the Cowboys and even the Bengals they're the two uh, least pass happy teams the past couple weeks so I think this is another week where both Zeke and Pollard 
um, are probably going to beat ECR in, in fantasy. So I'm not touching this one, but yeah, <laughs> uh, I, hey. I, I take your point for the, uh, the, the under, but I'm just not going to touch this one. If Alvin Kamara goes eight for five, then Zeke is going like eight for two. Like that, that's how I'm looking at this one. So uh, yeah, I'm going, uh, I'm going under, but you know, I, I get it. I, I think they'll, they'll win the game. I do like them if I had a better side, oh, okay. uh, but I, I just think, I just think Kellen Moore uh, is, has been coordinating. So and Dak is playing so well, I mean, he's been so accurate, probably the most accurate passer in a league that I just think they're going to come out their own in this one. And, uh, and especially Carolina, JC Horn out. I think that's, I think that's the way to beat him. So uh, I'm betting on some uh, regression here for Zeke. All right. Uh, let's go to receivers. Who you got for your first receiver prop for week number four? Uh, I'm going with Calvin Ridley under 85 and a half receiving yards. Uh, and this is partly due to what I said earlier. I, I do like the Matt Ryan under 273 and a half passing yards. You know, this this Falcons team is not the pass happy offense we're used to seeing. They're they're more middle of the pack this year. And I think that that could be due to Julio Jones not being on the team anymore. You know, they're they're a little bit more run heavy. They've been using Cordell Patterson more. Um, so Matt Ryan has a 4.6 a dot this year that does not jive well with a player like Calvin Ridley. So despite seeing 6.7 receptions a game, he is yet to clear 65 yards. Um, so, uh, something's got to give here. And I, I don't think either scenario really goes well with this prop. So I am projecting him closer to 75 and a half here. I'm one of the biggest Calvin Ridley fans in the world. Like I think he's an elite wide receiver, but just the scheme under Arthur Smith with the way Matt Ryan's playing, it's just not working for him when it comes to yardage. So um, I'm, I'm going to keep betting this under uh, until he he proves otherwise. Yeah, I I agree with you. I have him 6.3 for 77. So, uh, and that's that's the at mean projection. So his median would be yeah. you know, even a couple yards lower than that, you know, if you kind of work it out. The one thing I love about this Ridley prop, it, well, there's a few things I like about it. Number one, it's just short of the, the projection. Number two, Ryan isn't throwing deep. But Washington, even with the defense struggling, they still have 40 pressures. They're still top three in pressures. And that usually eventually turns into sacks. But also, what does pressure do to a quarterback like Matt Ryan, who's already throwing it under five yards, you know, per, <laughs> yeah. per attempt? Like, that just makes it – that just speeds him up and makes it less likely that Ridley's going to catch a big downfield is one. This a, is this a big C, uh, Cordell Patterson game? Is that what you're saying? Sean, they are all big Cordell Patterson games. That is true. It's, that is the, the signature of Arthur Smith thus far is Cordell Patterson games. It is looking that way. <laughs> and, like, yeah, this – Football team, <laughs> defensive line up against this shaky uh, yeah. Falcons offensive line could be a disaster. It, either way, it's not good news for Calvin Ridley. Yeah, this is one of those props, though, where, like, he could catch, like, 10 balls for, like, 7 to 6. <laughs> yeah. Like, because of Matt Ryan and the ADOT, and you know what I mean? Like so. Hopefully he doesn't catch 10 balls for the sake of this prop, but, <laughs> yeah. I yeah, I agree. Hey, hey, he can go join Dalton Schultz and taking our money. Oh, my God, don't <laughs> bring up. I think oh, I will bring, bring up Dalton Schultz. <laughs> like, right uh, now, right? Uh, yeah, let's let's go right to that. You know, segue. <laughs> Don Schultz under 38 and a half receiving yards at prize pick is uh, going to be my first receiving prop. I love this prop. It was 28 and a half on Monday Night Football. We both bet the under. We got drilled. He went for 80 yards, two touchdowns. And looking back on it, you know, there were some things that I should have been more aware of, you know, kind of a little more hesitant about another one of those defenses. And again, we have to really watch out for these kind of these. Jonathan Gannon, Staley defenses. That was the Eagles. Uh, same thing. A lot of two deep split safeties, cover two, cover four, zone. The Panthers, well, they're going to do it a little more of everything. They're not locked into that straight up two deep shell. And you get, you know, even if they were, I mean, they the Cowboys did play like a similar defense to that 
you know, in week two when they played the Chargers with, with Brandon Staley himself. And Schultz only had four catches for 18 yards. So it's not as if, you know, it's an automatic, like even if he does play one of those defenses. But Carolina, they're going to play a lot of different things. And so for this number to go up 10 yards, uh, I think it's nuts. Uh, Carolina, just for some perspective, and I, I know, again, you got to take it account strength of opponent but just for some perspective carolina is allowing 34.3 yards per game total to tight ends eighth fewest in the week total now don schultz is still splitting snaps exactly equally with yep. blake jarwin so it's pretty much a 50 50 split with those two guys so uh there's a lot of outs for this one you know the a dot did climb a little bit last week but overall schultz is still a 5.9 average depth of target tight end this season even with some downfield targets last week in that 80 yard eruption so <laughs> there, there are a lot of outs for you to hit yeah. this prop you know he could catch five six balls and still go under because of the low a dot uh the defense could be paying more attention to him after he erupted last week and had you know more production than like cd lamb and amari cooper and or he could just not be a bigger part of the game plan against the defense that's going to be a little different uh from the ones they've been facing the last couple of weeks when he's picked up you know uh what was it four catches two weeks ago six catches last week so a lot of ways to go under this one uh sell high on dalton schultz with the 10-yard bump going under 38 and a half for schultz yeah, I, I'm with you on here. I'm, I'm going to take a break from taking Dalton Schultz <laughs> props for now, um, but I'm in agreement. And this is one of those things where maybe I was a week early and he ends up catching zero balls this week. But one of my favorite things, or it's not one of my favorite things because I lose a prop, but when uh, I, I do lose a primetime prop in glorious fashion like the Dalton Schultz one, when people on Twitter tell me, hey, I think you got this one pretty wrong. <laughs> yeah, no shit. And you know, I'm my biggest critic. So with you, like when we lose a bet like this, we try to evaluate what went wrong, what we can do going forward. So I always use a losing bet like this as a teachable moment. I think, yeah, maybe I overlook the defense a bit and especially Amari Cooper playing less than hundred percent. Maybe I overlooked him being sort of a decoy. And I think that's what happened here. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's various things. So it would not surprise me if Dalton Schultz has another good game, but 38 and a half is a bit too high here. Um, I'm projecting it right in the 28 and a half range where it was last week. So hopefully this is a situation where I was just a week ahead uh, and you'll profit off this, but I will, I will be abstaining from any Dalton Schultz props in the meantime. Yeah. I mean, I would take this down to 32 and a half. Like that's, I, yeah, yeah. I have this pretty under. So yeah. All right. Uh, who is your second receiving prop for this week? Uh, so this one stood out to me, but it's uh Devante Parker under 47 and a half receiving yards. Um, this feels a bit high with Wolf Fuller back in the mix. Um, I know he missed practice er earlier in the week, but he had a full practice yesterday, I think it was, or today. So he's he's back on track to play. So this is a crowded receiving core and uh, Mike Isicki at tight end. Um, Jacoby Brissett is under center now. So they're, they're you know, playing more uh, low dot football. He had a 6.6 dot last week, which is pretty low. Um, so that that turned into a bunch of dump offs to Jalen Waddle. We saw Mike Gesicki go off for 10 catches last week. So Devontae Parker's going to be this kind of odd man out where he's going to have to go over this on just maybe three to four receptions. Um, and, you know, I, I'm projecting his production to drop off quite a bit going forward. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm projecting this closer to 39 and a half. And uh, I'd probably take this down to about 43 and a half. Yeah, I think the key is Fuller. I think Fuller's presence, you know, he's probably going to get worked in more to the offense you know as the as the weeks kind of progress because last week uh fuller only ran a route on 70 percent 
uh, of the of the dropbacks. So there's room for growth. And Waddle has been consistently pretty high, you know, in the in the 90s, all but one game. So and even even in the 90s last week, you know, because you got to throw to him when you're backed up in your own end zone. You got to throw to Waddle five yards <laughs> deep. So that you yeah. know, that's just that's just lowers Parker's floor. <laughs> but no, yep. yeah, I, I I feel you. I think that it's only you can only go under uh, on this prop. And Parker's probably trending down, even though he wasn't really doing great to begin with. Uh, it's probably yeah. going to be trending down. And what? Uh, so what are your routes run projection for Fuller this week? I'm up to 76 and a half. But like you said, it wouldn't surprise me if he goes over 80. Um, I, I think, you know, his ceiling's probably 90 percent um, to yeah. keep him fresh. But any any kind of increased usage for Fuller is going to eat away from Parker here. I have Waddle 90, Parker 85, Fuller 80. So kind of. Oh, OK. Yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah, we're very close. Then. Yep. Yeah. 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 I think that's fair. About a 10 percent, you know, kind of splitting the difference between Parker and Fuller because they're both kind of outside guys, but it seems like Waddle's going to stay on the field. So, yeah. Um, yeah. For my last one, I am going with our boy, Robbie Anderson. Yeah, over buddy. 43 and a half <laughs> receiving yards. And this one, this one stands out to me for a number of reasons. Uh, number one, again, a lot of the edges for me come and just listening to what, you know, the, the, Team is saying, what the, What are the reports out of, the, out of Carolina? What's going on there? How are they feeling about this 3-0 team? The one thing the coaches are saying, despite this 3-0 start, we got to get Robbie Anderson more involved. We got to get Robbie Anderson more involved. Uh, only one catch last week against the Houston Texans for eight yards. So this is a – and one catch in week one. And now it went for 57 and a touch. But – one catch in two of the three games for a guy who signed a big contract, a guy who's played with Sam Darnold before in their first potentially negative game script of the year. Because remember, they played the Jets, the Saints, and the Houston Texans and won comfortably in, the, in each of those games. First, probably negative game script. And you're going, you know, against a Dallas team that, yes, Diggs is playing well, but Diggs will probably be on more most of the afternoon because Anderson hasn't been doing nothing. So this is just a get right spot for Robbie Anderson. In his career as a Panther, he's been over this number in 13 of 19 games. So so he's been over 43 and a half in 68% of his games as a Panther. And he even got over it in one game this year, despite getting only one catch in that game. So I think this is a major get right spot for him. The Cowboys are allowing 208 yards per game to wide receivers, six most in the league. And that makes sense because their offense is pretty good. They're going to, they're going to make you have to throw the football. So uh, I think he's going to get schemed looks. Uh, this is a over just based on his entire Panthers career. His average depth of target is 17.7. So he could, you gives you the uh, potential to cash this out on just one catch, even on, on a deep ball down the field. So a lot of ways, I think Robbie goes over it. Not many ways I see him going under it, uh, even though he's been under in two or three this year, uh, just because I, we know that for a fact, the coaches are going to scheme him up easy ones uh, in this one. Yeah, I am in total agreement here um our, our loyal listener Stephen dominguez who um, won our listener contest and was in that four-person best ball draft with you me and samantha uh, and you snaked him robbie anderson that's that that's our boy <laughs> um he asked me on twitter this week is it is it time to drop robbie anderson i said no let's let's give him a chance and a potential negative game script and then we'll make a decision because this is one of those games where it would not surprise me if he goes over this number on a single catch yeah. Um, you know, he's been the deep target. They're, they're going to have to throw most likely. Like I said, I think Dallas should win this game. So we're going to see our first potential negative game script. Um, they just got rid of Dan Arnold. Uh, CMC is hurt. So, you know, I think we're going to see a narrow target tree with 
DJ Moore, who I love this week, and even Terrence Marshall. So I think um, this is the time to buy low on Robbie Anderson if you can. And keep in mind, 17.7 average at the target this year, but last season it was down at just under 10, just under 10. So yeah. what they you he will see a couple of deep targets, I no doubt about that. But they could also get him more high percentage looks in this game, which is what he was doing last year, which is why you know he was over this number in 12 of 16. So I think that's the key here. It's that this year it's really been only the deep targets. Which uh, is uh, yeah. Do you have any insight? Obviously, really good with you know staying up the beat and what teams are saying. Like, so last year. Offensive coordinator Joe Brady used him as the the ex receiver role, the Mike Thomas role on this Sean Payton um, style scheme, and that's why I love Mike Williams this year. Like, have they gone away with that with Robbie Anderson, or like what what's the story there? Do you have any idea? I let me let me because that's why he was so consistent last year. Because like you said, he had a lower A dot, really diverse route tree, and this year he seems back to what we expect from him. You know, just the super high A dot just running goes and you know, it's, it's helped DJ more considerably, but I was just wondering if, if we had any idea if they, they changed the roles. So I don't think they've changed his role a ton. I think it's been a product of the game script for the most part, because yeah. he played really well last year, but you play the jets uh, and then you blow out the saints to the point where they don't even get to double digits. And then you play the Houston Texans with Davis Mills at quarterback and you played Zach Wilson in his first game too. So that's just a really outlier type of game script for, you know, the Panthers in general, like the Panthers last year were uh, one of the worst teams in the league. Right. So you're talking about a team that goes from one of the worst teams in the league to playing, you know, two layup matchups and a third against the saints that they thoroughly dominated to the point. And remember in week one, Robbie did get the one catch 57 and a touchdown. So, you know, going into week two, you're not really concerned about it. They end up blowing him out. Okay. He doesn't do much. And then week three, another game where they just didn't really need it. So, uh, yeah. This game, I think you're going to see, again, a lot of digs on more. And Diggs has been playing so good. I yeah. mean, that uh, he makes that Cowboys defense like actually decent because they were bad last year. Yeah, uh, they, they they really needed him to step up this year because they, uh, I mean, they got snaked not only um, Patrick Sertain, but J.C. Horn, like both yep. cornerbacks went. So I, I thought it put a ton of pressure on Diggs this year, and he stepped up huge. Yeah, but – Absolutely. And and the one thing, too, about Robbie is they're moving him around. That's why I I don't think the roles have changed. Last season, he played a career high 33% uh, of snaps in the slot. This season, uh, he's up to a career, like now a new career high 38% in the slot. The last two games, uh, he played 58% routes in the slot against New Orleans and at 35% against Houston. So um, they're moving him around. Now they want to scheme to him. They'll get him some high percentage looks. So, uh, yeah, love Robbie. Next up here on the Fantasy Flex is a segment we call Elite Entries, where Sean and I dive into the Prize Picks app and compare our player projections to the props to build some entries. Sean, what is your first Prize Picks Elite Entry best bet for week number four? So the first prop I like is Calvin Lee to go under 85 and a half receiving yards. Um, uh, I also like Matt Ryan to go under his 273 and a half yard prop as well. So these are pretty correlated. Well, they're extremely correlated. Uh, but, you know, the Falcons have been a lot more run heavy uh, this season without Julio Jones and with uh, Arthur Smith as head coach. So, you know, they're a little bit more middle of the pack now. So we can't really expect the same sort of usage we've seen 
out of Cal Ridley over the years. Um, and his ADOT is way down this year. It's 8.8. Um, last year is 14.9. So despite, you know, catching 6.7 receptions a game, uh, he's yet to go over 65 receiving yards. So, um, I, I mean, this is just way too high. I would project this um, closer to 75 and a half. So I think this market's 10 yards too high. Give me the under. Yep, Matt Ryan averaging under five yards. A dot, and you got Washington top three in pressures, even though the defense has been shaky. So not a lot of time for him to get downfield to Ridley. I like it. Uh, my first one for week four is Saquon Barkley under 60 and a half rushing yards. Saquon is going up against the New Orleans Saints, who year in, year out, have an excellent run defense. This year, they're allowing 52 rushing yards per game total to running backs. Barkley also hasn't hit, you know, 61 yards yet in a game this season. So uh, I love this under for Saquon here. Uh, I bet it down to about 55. Uh, Saquon, this is not the week for him to smash a rushing prop. Uh, all right, where's your number? Th- where's your? Yeah, there we go. All right, Sean, where is your? Uh, all right, Sean, where are you going with your second prize pick lead entry best bet for week four? All right, so this is my favorite prop of the week. I just love talking about this, but it's Tom Brady over three hundred and fourteen and a half passing yards. Uh, by the game, by the time this game is complete, this prop will look like a joke. Um, I think. There's just rare times where we have to go against our models and logic a bit. Um, I, I think Kobe Bryant's final game, um, his player prop for points is like 40 and a half or something like that. I just smashed the over. Um, Justin Jefferson, week 17 last year, he needed 111 yards to break the rookie record for receiving yards. I think his prop is like 80 and a half. I said, I will bet the over up to 115 and a half. Um, he flew over. so. Tom Brady heading back to New England. This is in that tier of props. I think he's going to go off here. Um, he also needs 68 yards to break the all-time record for passing yards um, to, to pass up Drew Brees here. So he has multiple motivating factors here. I think he goes over 400. Um, so I will take the over here. You know, we're talking like it's got to go up to like 355 for me to even consider the under. So give me over 314 and a half passing yards for Tom Brady. Oh man, this is going to be such a good one. I can't <laughs> wait to watch this. I, I want to, I, I know you're going to probably get in some, some huge bets on Tom Brady. So I am, I'll, I'll be watching that one closely uh, to see if you're right about that one. Cause this is, you have, this is your take. Like this is, I, you're, this is a unique take that I really haven't heard anywhere of Tom Brady just completely smashing his pass yard prop. It makes sense. It makes sense. So it's a total, it's a total donkey play. It would not surprise me if other people think this too, but just an athlete, the caliber of Tom Brady, the greatest of all time, who doesn't need much motivation to play well, uh, has all the motivation this week heading back to New England. So we just, we can't overlook that. Yeah. Maybe Bill Belichick will come meet him next time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> throws for four or 500 yards a game. I'll close it out with my second best bet for week number four at Prize Picks, and that is Robbie Anderson over 43 and a half receiving yards. 
This is a number that he's cleared in 13 of 19 or 68% of his career games with the Panthers. He's only gone one and two toward the prop this season, but that's because the Panthers have been in three very positive game scripts, going up against the Jets, blowing out the Saints, and then playing Houston and Davis Mills in his first start. This game, they're a four point, four and a half point underdog to the Dallas Cowboys, who are allowing the six most receiving yards per game. And the word out of Carolina all week from the coaches themselves has been we need to get Robbie Anderson more involved. And anytime a three and O team is still trying to change things up and and uh, and get a guy involved that hasn't been even when they're winning, that's always a good sign. They're gonna need it in this game. Uh, DJ Moore probably see a lot of Trevon Diggs. So love Robbie Anderson over 43 and a half. Receiving yards, and that is our prize picks elite entry for week number four. To recap, we're going with Calvin Ridley under 85 and a half receiving yards, Tom Brady over 314 and a half passing yards, Saquon Barkley under 60 and a half rushing yards, and Robbie Anderson over 43 and a half receiving yards. As a reminder, these prize picks markets do move, so you want to be quick to get on the best numbers before the lines change. If you haven't created a prize picks account yet, check the link in our episode description and they'll match your first deposit up to $100 or visit prizepicks.com and use the promo code ACTION10. PrizePicks is also doing a promotion where if you tail us with this four-pick uh, power play here, you make this a four-pick power play, and you do it fast enough that you get these same numbers. Again, Ridley, 85 and a half, Barkley, 60 and a half, Brady, 314 and a half, Anderson, 43 and a half. If you get those four numbers, uh, you can win 20x your bet if it hits. So be sure to check that out. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com. And uh, let me recap our picks. That's going to do it. Uh, for our five picks for the Fantasy Flex Week 4 pod presented by Prize Picks, Sean is going Tom Brady over 314 and a half passing yards. Aaron Jones over 65 and a half rushing yards. Leonard Fournette under 43 and a half rushing yards. Calvin Ridley under 85 and a half receiving yards. And Devontae Parker under 47 and a half receiving yards. I'm going Kyler Murray under 37 and a half rushing yards. Saquon Barkley under 60 and a half rushing yards. Ezekiel Elliott under 63 and a half rushing yards. Dalton Schultz under 38 and a half receiving yards. And Robbie Anderson over 43 and a half receiving yards. Uh, that is going to do it for us. You can find Sean on Twitter at the underscore odds maker. You can find me on Twitter at Chris Raybon. You can find us at those same handles in the award-winning Action Network app. Be sure to check out our fantasy football projections, rankings, and content at actionnetwork.com or in the Action app. And be sure to check out our DFS content and tools at fantasylabs.com. Until next time, let's get this money.